Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Uh, tonight, we're going to begin the first of a two-part <clears throat> message that I'm calling Great Expectations, and there's a reason I wanted to minister this, <clears throat> because I'm stirred. As we come into 2019, you and I should come into it as God's people, as believers, with great expectation. And we should because we believe in a God who never fails. He's always faithful, always watchful, always ready to help us. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. He's a supernatural God. He heals the sick. He forgives sin. He breaks demonic bondages, and He provides miraculously. And what's more is this isn't something that He just used to do. It's something that He continues to do. Hebrews 13 and verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We have had people here that have been healed from from all kinds of things, from a, from a headache to cancer. We just heard testimony of that tonight. We've had those, we've, had, we've even had people that have been set free from being stingy, selfish, self-absorbed people to being generous, caring, and others-focused. Great miracle, isn't it? There are people here that have been uh, set free from alcoholism, drug addiction, all kind of things. And my point is, we have a God who did, who does, and will continue to work miracles, and you and I should have great expectations. Now tell yourself, I have great expectations. If I yeah, I've got it up there. Good. Okay. It wasn't on the screen here, so I'm, you got it, didn't you? <laughs> Great expectations. You know, this is one of the outstanding qualities of the Apostle Paul in his life. He wrote the book of Philippians from a prison cell, and it wasn't like the prisons today. It was, uh, it was very uncomfortable. It was smelly, it was crummy, it was extremely uncomfortable in this prison cell, and yet you would never know it that Paul wrote the book of Philippians, that letter from a prison cell. And this one verse is what I'm going to key off of tonight, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. He writes, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. You would never know this guy's sitting in a prison cell and he's talking about the great expectation and hope that he has. That word, those two words, uh, uh, earnest expectation, means intense anticipation. And he had an intense anticipation toward the future, and you and I 
should have the same thing. We should have expectation and hope instead of gloom and doom. Living with expectation and hope means we haven't resigned ourselves to, well, this is the way it's always going to be. That's that things may have been this way for a long time, but as believers in Jesus Christ, we can look to God and have hope and expectation that something's going to change. We're not fatalists as believers, are we? You know, fatalism used to be expressed back, and I'm dating myself kind of, sort of, back. Whatever will be, will be. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Some of you are old enough to remember Doris Day. I was real little. Anyway, but in in today, we put a different spin on that, and we've just shortened it, and we just say, whatever, whatever. It is what it is, and you know, we're not fatalists. We should not resign ourselves to whatever. It is what it is because God can change things in a moment. In 2 Kings chapter 7, in the time of a prophet named Elisha, he was, uh, there was a time of famine. It had been going on for a long time. People were in bad shape. And Elisha the prophet stood up one day and prophesied and said, tomorrow this famine's going to be over. There's going to be a whole bunch of food, and it's going to go cheap. And there was a guy standing there listening to this, and he just said sarcastically, even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven, how could this happen? I want you to know sarcasm can be dangerous because it can speak directly against the promises of God. Note to self, don't be so sarcastic. So Elisha hears this guy, and he says, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat it. Now, the enemy, uh, the Syrians were uh, camped outside of Israel. They were waiting for the famine to have its effects and demoralize and, and uh, uh, degrade Israel. So, And so they were just waiting, letting the famine do its uh, work on them before they invaded. And while this is going, the very next day after Elisha prophet, the prophet prophesied, there are four guys sitting at the gate of the city there in Israel, and they are talking to each other, having a conversation, and they say, you know what, if we sit here, we're going to die. And if we take a chance and go to the camp of the Syrians, they may kill us, and I'm going to paraphrase, but they said, we might get a cheeseburger. (laughs) That part was paraphrased. But they said we might be able to get something to eat. If we sit here, we know we're going to die. And so they picked themselves up. Now, you got a picture. Leprosy is a, it was a, 
a disease where their bodies are disintegrating. And, and the, so here these four guys are walking toward the Syrian camp, maybe toes and fingers falling off while they're going, and yet God, while they are going, worked a miracle, and every time their feet landed, uh, it shook the ground. Four leprous guys uh, that were not powerful, they weren't strong in themselves by any means, but as they began to approach, the Syrians, the whole ground was shaking, and these guys completely freaked out. The Syrians said, run for your lives, and they left everything in their camp and just ran for their lives and escaped. And the four lepers come in, and they see the camp. There's tents, there's clothes, there's food, like everywhere, fried chicken, (laughs) shrimp galore, (laughs) boiled shrimp, fried shrimp, sautéed shrimp, shrimp gumbo. little paraphrase again. But there was all kind of food, and they started gorging themselves and grabbing stuff and hiding it. And then they thought, we'd better tell people in the city what's going on. They sent word, and there was a stampede going out to get fed. And the guy that has been sarcastic got trampled on, but everybody else had a feast that day. Now, that's a fairly long story, but there's a, a point to it. And that is, listen, if four lepers can have enough expectation and hope to believe that their circumstances can change, how much more you and I, as the children of God, as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, we ought to have great expectation. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need. Living with expectation and hope means we believe God can change things and change them in an instant. We could be healed in a moment, in an instant. We can have God meet our needs. We may have a financial need. You know, God can meet that need just like that. He can open up jobs just like that. I remember a time in the church that I was born again in, in Flagstaff, back in the 70s, we had a bunch of guys that were out, a bunch of people that were out of work in our church, and we did a fast like we'd done here. And at the end of that fast, within a week, 10 people had new jobs because God is a provider. The way we feel if we've been depressed or oppressed or recessed or whatever session it's been in our life, it can change with just a touch from the Holy Spirit. One touch from the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, touch me, Holy Spirit. 
pesky habits and addictions can be broken in an instant. God does it all the time, and we ought to have great expectation and hope. Hope is a confident expectation of good from God, and we should have it because it's ours by birthright. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Somebody shout, Praise be to God. When we got saved, we were born into a living hope. Uh, Jesus' resurrection guarantees it. Our hope isn't dead, it's alive. When I was working on this, I remember an old clip from a movie. I thought I'd play it. Alive, it's alive, it's alive. Now listen, that's a, that's a weird thing, and uh, it's completely fantasy. But listen, <clears throat> our hope <clears throat> is not a work of fiction, and it isn't crazy. Can you say amen? It's based on the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He's alive, and because he's alive, we have hope. And our hope is alive. Say it's alive. We shouldn't let the devil steal or kill our hope. Hope believes that God can change things in our lives uh, in a moment, and he does it all the time. Hope sees things that are unseen. In Romans 8, 24 and 25, says, For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Hope says, I may not be able to see it yet, It may appear things in my life seem hopeless right now, but I am confidently expecting, eagerly awaiting for God to do something good. Hope, expectation, eagerly anticipating. And tonight, we should decide to set our hope in God. That's what Psalm 78 verse 7 says, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. You know, today people set their hopes in all kind of things, don't they? Some people set their hopes in a lottery, winning a lottery. And you know, uh, they, the, the odds of winning a lottery are so incredible, it's like you, you could be struck by lightning 14 times while standing on your head and more likely to have that happen than win the lottery. <laughs> I just made that totally up. But, you know, you've heard the odds are, are outrageous. But some people hope and, and hope in, in, in that. I always say, you know, if you win it, tithe. Come on. <laughs> some people's hope is in their job or their investments 
or even in other people or relationships, but tonight, as God's people, God help us to set our hope in God. This word set means literally to put. It's not going. Can somebody help me out back there? Is there anybody back there? Is there anybody back there? <clears throat> Never mind. I'll tell you what it, it means. Set means to put, to appoint, to bring, cast in, commit, consider, convey, determine, give, heap up, hold, lay up, ordain, paint, place, persevere. Boop, boop, boop. Let me go back. Paint. Paint. You know, we're painting a picture in our life. We're painting a picture through our lives, either of gloom and doom or of expectation and hope. And we ought to paint our lives a, a colorful picture of hope. Can somebody say that's right? Place, persevere, purpose, put on, set on, set in place, plant. We ought to plant, set our hope in God. And that's what I want to talk about in the rest of this message for just a little bit, is how to set our hopes in God, how to get our hopes up. You know, there's always somebody say, well, don't get your hopes up. That's not God. God wants to get our hopes up. He wants to encourage. He wants to inspire our hopes. In Romans chapter 15, yeah, well, it's there we go, <laughs> like I was saying. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the wording in this verse is precise, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we are so demoralized in our lives that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to, to give us hope. And that's what he's there for. He resident inside our lives. Once we get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside. Jesus says, I'll give you another comforter. And he says he will be an encourager. He'll be a teacher. And one of the things he teaches us is to hope. He, the power of the Holy Spirit will give us hope. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. It means energy, power, might great force, great ability, strength. And sometimes we are so beaten down, we are so demoralized uh, that we need the Holy Spirit to give us energy, power, might, great force, great ability, and the strength to hope. And I dare to believe with you tonight that his presence is causing hopes to be raised. God wants to build our expectations. He wants to grow our hopes. This is why he spoke to Abraham and said, look up at the stars and count them and see if you can count the number. That's, the, that's how your lineage is going to be. David, uh, when he was wanting to build the temple, David had a desire to build a house for God, the first temple. And God says, uh, it was good that it was in your heart to do it. 
He says, it's not going to be you, but it's going to be your son. But it was right that you had it in your heart. And God spoke to him and said, I'm going to build you a house. Can you imagine God telling you that he's going to build you a house? Well, I want us to imagine it tonight. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, I tell you, he's been working on it for 2,000 years. A master miraculous carpenter. Can you imagine what he has laid up for us in the life to come, in the life here, in the life to come? You and I ought to have great expectations. If anyone should be optimistic, it's you and I as God's people. But you know, when we listen to ourselves sometimes, it can be embarrassing, can it? We, we say things like, well, there's a bad cold going around. Better watch it. And you know, we, we say stuff like, I'm not, I'm not uh, harassing you. If you've said stuff like that, because I know I, we, we say that kind of stuff. But listen, as God's people, we can hope for a heck of a lot more than just a bad cold going around, don't you think? We need to set our hope in God and all that he has. And the Holy Spirit will help us to hope, abound in hope. Next thing is we can build our hope by the word of God. In Romans chapter, nope, not that one. Not that one either. Okay, help me out back there if you're, if you're still back there. Well, I marked it wrong, I think. Nope, Romans 15.4, let me read it to you <laughs> while you're still with me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patient and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Bible is a book of hope. If we want to have more hope, we need to dig into the Word of God. But, you know, we should be honest with ourselves, shouldn't we? You know, sometimes we'd rather mope than hope. It's true. We can, we, uh, the truth is sometimes we can just be lazy. And I don't know why it is, but sometimes it just seems like it can be easier to mope than it is to hope and put the spiritual energy into getting into the God's Word, taking the promises of God and applying them to our life. If we're going to hope instead of mope, we need to read our Bibles and then apply it to our lives. We may feel like we're losers, but the Word of God says we're more than conquerors through Him. We may feel sick in our bodies, but God's Word says, I am the Lord who heals you. The Bible is a book of hope and promise, and we need to open it up, find out what it says, and apply it to our lives. And then we need to remember what God has promised us. His word promises he'll always be with us. He will provide for us, heal us, encourage us, strengthen us. It's all there in his word. If we'll just get into it, read it, apply it to our lives, and then we need to remember it. 
Lamentations 3, 31, or 21 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And, and Jeremiah is writing and he's recalling to mind the Word of God. And as he recalls God's promises, it gives him hope. You and I need to pray to the Holy Spirit to bring things to our remembrance as it was promised. Jesus said he'll bring things to our remembrance. You know, the Holy Spirit can give us total recall. Hallelujah. Help us with a promise of the Word. And then lastly, Hebrews 10, verse 23, and the Amplified says, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. When we're under attack, we got to hold on to our hope. Tell yourself, hold on to hope. We should never worry about expecting too much from God. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope and expectation are so important, and that's why the devil targets it. Hope is so critical in our lives because before faith comes, hope is. Listen again. Before faith comes, hope is. Now, Hebrews 11 and verse 1 says, Now, faith is the substance. It's made up of the things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What hope does is it moves us into faith, and when we get into faith, we can believe God for things that are incredible. Healing our sick bodies, providing for our needs, forgiving all of our sins, helping us to be not selfish, stingy curmudgeons. but being people who love, care, and think about others. Hope's critical. And God wants to stir that hope up in our hearts and lives. And tonight, I just dare to believe with you that the Holy Spirit is doing that right now. Amen. Helping us to believe and to hope. Say, I'm hopeful. I believe you are. Let's bow our heads tonight. No one looking around for a moment, if you've come out to the service and, and you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him for a while, we're going to pray before we close this service out and pray a prayer of forgiveness and thank God that he paid the price for us. We need not live our lives with a boatload of guilt. He paid too great a price for us to do that. And all we have to do is respond to him and ask him to come into our lives, forgive us, and he does. He's promised to. He's good to his word. And tonight, 
heads bowed, no one looking around. If you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him, and tonight you say, you know, would you just remember me in prayer? I've got some things I really just want to lay at the feet of God. And right where you are, just slip your hand up and say, would you remember me in this closing prayer? God bless you. Honest hearts. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God sees your hand, and, and more so, he sees the heart behind that hand lifted up. Praise God. We're going to pray together, and I want you to just pray this out loud as I, as I pray it with you. Just repeat it with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven. I believe you did it for me. I'm so happy that you died for me. Thank you for your forgiveness, for changing my life, and for giving me hope. I will not worry about the future because I believe you are my hope. My hope rests in you, and I thank you for it. In your name, Jesus, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and thank him? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We're going to dismiss in just a moment. I do want to encourage you toward next Wednesday night. I'm going to, we're going to look at the object of our hope. And our hope isn't just in things. It isn't just in circumstances changing. Our hope is based on a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Uh, Revelation gives us a picture of him and says uh, that he has a name, and that name is faithful and true. And we're going to talk about uh, the object of our expectation and hope, Jesus. I talked a little bit about him tonight, didn't I? <laughs> uh, but we're going to look in depth at the object of our hope next Wednesday night. Great expectations, great expectations. Say, I'm expectant. I have great expectations. God bless you. Our prayer team will be up here at the, uh, the front to pray for you if you'd like personal prayer. God bless you. God love you. If, you. if you prayed that prayer, forgiveness for the first time, tell somebody what you've done. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.